Boom. Ding. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Today is Friday. I'm your host, Nick, and we have our host, Aaron, here. We're uh, heading up the breakout show, and we're going to talk about some miscellaneous topics today. Uh, this is also probably going to be the first episode that we use um, in our podcast, so there will be a podcast appearing uh, in the Apple iTunes podcast store. So if you're not around to watch this live, then, of course, <laughs> you'll be able to uh, put us in your ears, go for a walk, and then uh, get disgusted and flip over to some nice music <laughs> where you can relax and enjoy yourself. <laughs> your, vo your voice is soothing. I'll have to work on that. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, today we're just going to cover uh, a pretty wide gamut of different topics out there. Uh, last episode, I think we've had like three or four episodes to kind of like break in, reach yeah. our stride, and we would kind of um, pick up on some last things that we didn't uh, we didn't really maybe cover cover completely or sure, cover it yeah. fully um the first first thing uh with crypto so we had a crypto show here uh which is kind of kind of unique we don't we don't normally do a ton of crypto uh but aaron was mentioning yeah. uh, a little while back in that crypto show um uh about uh about the changing attitudes with crypto and so yeah uh, you were mentioning uh something about just the tone of traders the other day on uh, on crypto maybe this yeah. is like an early sign well i think it was going off what you were saying a little bit with um big money big players entering in or waiting for a good entry um and then maybe our i have my phone here maybe my phone was listening to me and started receiving a lot of articles and yeah. and things online uh, a lot of reddit posts that i was seeing as well people just the sentiment changing slightly um again not everybody but definitely uh seeing some people talking about they're just uh the movement lately in bitcoin they're uh they're kind of like thrown in the towel less confident yeah, yeah i think less confident maybe they put uh, a little too much of their portfolio into it and so they're they're taking it out and and moving it elsewhere in the meantime as things sort of possibly compress or move lower um but yeah, it was just it was just interesting. It was funny, and then I saw an article on JP Morgan when I was looking at some data. Uh, Market Watch had posted a few things about everybody being a little bit bearish on Bitcoin. Uh, it goes back to what you were saying. Yeah, it seems like it seems like all the headlines and all the news out there is uh, pretty unanimous about a few things about uh, how Bitcoin. You know, this is the end. Uh, even if the articles, <laughs> if you if you pop them open and they don't say this is the end, they still get that headline exposure of like. Uh, Bitcoin's over. China's killed it, and you know everything's. Uh, it's dipping below these these new uh, these new lows for the very first time. Even if even if there's like a bounce up to like thirty five thousand, there's still the newsprint is like it cracked thirty thousand. I think it got down to twenty eight eight or something like that a yeah. couple days ago. There's a. I'm terrible with acronyms, but there's an acronym that gets used a lot. I, it may be in other terms as well, but FUD, uh, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Um, and so I think that's being created a lot right now um, in many areas and people are talking about that. You have this is the gambit and spectrum of that, but um, there's definitely uh, a lot of talk about that right now. And uh, and that's kind of building upon like the old the old idea uh, you, you mentioned um, earlier to me that uh, maybe it was um, JP Morgan or something like that or, or one of these big banks saying, hey, you know, it's time to get out. And over the last, I don't know, forever, I think, uh, you know, Warren Buffett, uh, Bill Gates, all these very, um, you know, high net worth individuals coming out and just saying, hey, it's a giant scam. You're going to lose all your money. Uh, and that's where, you know, 
one of many conspiracy theories <laughs> that, I, <laughs> that I keep going in the back of my head comes up like, oh, well, this is the opposite of a pump and dump. This is a, uh, hey. Dump and pump? Yeah, dump and pump. <laughs> get, get out of your, uh, get out of your uh, Bitcoin while you can. Save yourself. Yeah. Save your kids. Just run away as far as you can. And, um, and at yeah. the end of it, you know, I think, uh, I, I think that they're just going to scoop in and start, start picking it up. Yeah, I'm I'm no hedge fund manager, but I always I always think about if I was, what would I do? Um, yeah, I'd drive the price lower, and then I'd you know buy it all up. But yeah, I, I haven't heard many. Um, I, I haven't heard the majority of people saying that they're long term bearish on Bitcoin. No. that they think it's going to go yeah. down. Uh, and sure. a while back, um, a while back, I saw. Uh, a trader, Peter Brandt, he came on and one of his interesting things that he pointed out with Bitcoin was that it was the only chart that he's seen in his entire career. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is pushing like 40, 50 years of technical analysis uh, that has maintained a, um, a logarithmic um, growth yeah. growth curve. So, oops, let me get that push the right button there. So if you're on the podcast, uh, be on the lookout. We're also going to start loading these up to our YouTube channel, so you can catch the replays there as well pretty soon. Um, there's a lot of visuals going on with this show, um, but what we're looking at here, uh, Aaron, could you describe what this, uh, what what it is? This is. I mean, loaded up here. The uh, only thing that I'd like to say is it it looks beautiful. Yeah, it, yeah it I, as you said, and as he was saying, um, what was his name again? Uh, Peter Brandt. Peter Brandt. Um, you mapped this on there. I mean, it, it is just perfectly hitting every little cue here. And and I think last episode, we had kind of talked a little bit about that whole breakout versus compression mm-hmm. um, periods of time that it goes through. Um, and uh, it, look, looking at sort of these time periods at the end of the year seems to every other two years or so, at least in the last, what, four, six uh, years, it, it's hitting uh, the top of this channel. Um yeah, roughly a couple of years apart. Yeah, and let's see this 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 line is that the high deviation? Yep. Yeah, so that's uh, what we're looking at here. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, is a Bitcoin logarithmic uh, scale chart with growth curves uh, growth curves um, overlaid on top of Bitcoin. Um, so obviously, you know, at the bottom of the chart, uh, we can see our first interval is from zero to uh, to ten cents, and then the next interval. Uh, 10 cents to one dollar so it's going up by tens and um, you know it, it multiples every single interval is a multiple of 10 going all the way up to a hundred thousand yeah and uh, it's really neat to see that uh, that Bitcoin just trades within this so it, it peaked once way back sub uh, uh, pre 2012 it looks like uh, right over ten dollars and then you know pulled all the way back down to uh, just above uh, just above one dollar. And then it went from there all the way up to a thousand dollars, and uh, that was um, right before the peak of 2014. Uh, then it pulled all the way back down to uh, maybe maybe a few like three hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, or something like that. Yeah, two eighty two here, two eighty five. Went from two hundred dollars all the way up to uh, uh, twenty thousand dollars. That was that first huge push. Yeah, yeah, and it it seems to be that it that it uh, rises um, at least so far uh, in that latter latter half of the year. Uh, yep. The last two times it happened to be, um, I think December uh, December maybe maybe November, 
then long consolidation period and technically it hasn't yeah. hit a top here but i don't i don't know i you know who's to say if it's if it's gonna just like go into another compression phase before going higher or what yeah and you've been talking a lot about uh this twenty thousand dollar point and that kind of seems to be this low deviation line um here at the for the what september uh towards the end of the the year here um it definitely break a little bit more of the pattern we're seeing if that's what what happened but mm-hmm. um we kind of touched on that last episode about the sort of two uh two patterns that that could unfold here with with bitcoin um this chart essentially validates both which kind of sucks but uh, <laughs> <laughs> i mean it, it hitting this 20k but also being able to towards the end of the year rise into the top deviation line mm-hmm. uh, which would put it where a lot of people think it should be um above a hundred thousand um yeah i've heard uh i've heard of multiple things flying around from from one hundred and eighty thousand dollars to you know, two hundred something thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh, the only one I dismiss is the one that that just comes out and just says, "Hey, it's going to be a million dollars." Yeah. Right. Um, I I don't know. Maybe uh, it'll be worth a million dollars when a when a million dollars is the same as a thousand dollars. I think. I think when you know, when but, GME starts selling it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it'll GME be it'll be infinite. Then uh, to the moon, right? <laughs> well, the other thing, just just to mention that I really like about this chart. Um, uh, is is kind of how it's slowing and narrowing. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that makes sense as price gets higher and higher and higher. Uh, the moves seem to be able to move, um, not slower, but I mean moving from where we are now back up to $100,000. Uh, I mean, that's what essentially happened here. Um, yeah, yeah. Over there- time, hitting that lower, hitting that lower um, deviation band. Um, but... That sort of slowdown compression period seems to be pretty accurate in terms of what I would probably um, find as Bitcoin's next move. I'm kind of leaning more towards that right now. Uh, seeing this, hearing some of the sentiment, seeing what's happening right now. Um, that upper band, I, I, I think, will be hit and will probably be hit in a, as I, I like to say, sort of violent reaction would come from it being under that band or around that band um it would also break this two pattern or three pattern uh sort of um charting that we're seeing here and and go the opposite direction right like it's it's oh towards the end of the year we have this big drive up um i i kind of keep this in the back of my mind all the time is like what's usually been happening in this last year or two is kind of the opposite like you look mm-hmm. back and you start looking at these charts and oh it, it usually does this and then and then all you you try and take that sentiment and then what ends up actually happening is quite frankly the exact opposite so i'm leaning a little bit more towards hitting down into under 30k um and into your more 20k area yeah. um and this assumes uh i mean this assumes a lot it, it assumes does that yep uh, at least that the the growth curve won't decelerate. It's, yep. it, it looks like it's it's gone pretty linear from from what this is, and that that will hold true with any kind of logarithmic chart. Uh, that you know you're not going to have 
uh, it's it's crazy a takeoff and it's going to start to level out some. Um, another thing to, that I'd point out on this chart is, uh, you know, like like Andy pointed out, there are definitely catalysts uh, or big events that happen around Bitcoin. Uh, if we go back to 20, 2013, um, there is a there's a, a scenario uh, or there was a news event where China, you know, and China's back in the news, but where China came in and it started to crack down on Bitcoin. I, I want to say that that was uh, maybe earlier, earlier half of the year really started to crack down on Bitcoin uh, and say, hey, you know, we're not uh, banks are not allowed to facilitate the transactions anymore. Um, and then they kind of just didn't act on it for a while. They kind of got lax, went, you know, uh, went uh, right back up like a rubber band and peaked out uh, for that year. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just kind of went sideways. I don't know what happened after that, um, you know, because I didn't, I'm not like an expert on this history. Bit of compression down. 20, 2018 uh, was that peak is right when, um, to the day, right when uh, Bitcoin futures hit hit the market and then boom, sell off period, consolidation period for a very long, long time here. Uh, and then, you know, we, we fast forward here, was that 2019 around, uh, uh, yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think that's 2019 there, that, yep. that bottom Feb, Feb 2019 gets down to like 4,000 or something like that. Yep. And now it takes off. So what, uh, what I think that uh, happened with it uh, was uh, go ahead and click on that tab, uh, the second the second Twitter one. There you go. Bitcoin versus the Fed balance sheet, <laughs> right? So so a lot of things, people are talking a lot about inflation. If we have time, I'll, I'll talk about uh, some of the ideas that I've heard. I mean, I haven't created these ideas. These are just things that, that are in my head around inflation. Uh, but you can kind of see there that uh, there was a you know combined um, uh, growth in that balance sheet and you can see that things really really start taking off uh, for any kind of fixed fi fixed assets that can be art collectible cars houses unfortunately for a lot of people looking for a house then yeah that also happened and of course uh, Bitcoin has that effect here I can see um, you know right there in uh, uh, um, 20, 2019 of course they announced that there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, uh, stimulus, a lot of Fed balance sheet expansion, and then you go yeah. forward uh, 2020. Um, I think that's when uh, you see all all of the uh, G3, the top three central banks, are in full bore stimulus mode, and it's just taken off like a rocket uh, ever since then. So, pretty interesting to see that uh, to see uh, Bitcoin as as possibly working just like gold as uh, as reacting to. Uh, currency debasement of just like printing a ton of money yeah and things like that so um you know there's something uh, that i also want to mention in the community is that uh, daryl so daryl uh for those in the community maybe you see him in the chat every now and then uh he was just on um this morning he was talking about uh talking about how these like big big uh, uh investment hedge firms um you know who are who are buying this um that they're possibly just taking it uh and and maybe taking it off the market that that creates the opposite of a dilution that'd be a concentration um and so that can work either way though so mm -hmm. in theory if you have uh, uh somebody cornering the market there's, there's concentration um that just cre increases the volatility so if there's demand that price can skyrocket but if there are uh if the reddit sen sentimentality plays out 
and people are like, I'm done, I'm getting out, and there's really not a lot to go around, <laughs> then unless somebody puts a floor on it, it can also happen the opposite direction. You can see Bitcoin yeah. just plummet uh, as everyone's trying to trying to leave. And of course, there's no uh, action on the opposite side of it. Yeah, here we are in the general chat, um, like taking a look at the general chat earlier this morning. Um, Daryl talking about uh, corrective wave, um, a little bit of Elliot, Elliot wave theory coming into there. Um, uh, Nasir also in the community, uh, Antonio Expo. Uh, so even though we don't really talk about a lot of uh, a lot of the crypto stuff here on Wall Street IO, um, there are definitely knowledgeable members in the community. Uh, definitely have. Um, really good opinions, lots of experience uh, trading. Yeah, and I, I like his last thing he says here is, that's what they want me to think, right? Huh? <laughs> and it, it was kind of, kind of playing off what I think a lot too in sentiment is like, what what is the narrative overall that is being pushed? And then what's the obvious answer? What's the e easy or obvious answer? And then kind of what what's the smart play? What's, what's the... Um, What's the, the, the more unknown position or more difficult to read position? And, and doesn't mean you have to take that, but using it as maybe a contrarian to what the easy play is to kind of evaluate and, and um, hedge yourself in some manner of thought. Um, so I, I always try to thank that as like, what, what is it? Who's ever taken the opposite end of this? What, what is it that they're thinking? Yeah. Um, yeah. Where's the uh, where's that opportunity? Uh, let us know what you think in the chat for the breakout show. Uh, are you interested in picking up Bitcoin? So if there, if you are, are you looking for a certain price? Yeah. Are you uh, are you just holding, holding and waiting for it to to go back up? Um, or if you're just interested in any other topics, let us know in the uh, in the chat. Yeah. Uh, as long as we have time, then we'll be glad to uh, to cover it. Otherwise, we'll just uh, rock and roll with some of these ideas. Yeah, I think. Um for me, I, I like Bitcoin, but I'm very much into Ethereum. I, I've been following it for a while, um, years, and I talked to a lot of the engineers uh, at my old job who were heavy into it when it was under $10. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so for me, um, definitely would love to see Ethereum kind of fall back uh, with Bitcoin, but I, I have some price ranges in my head. Um, I have some that would be amazing to re-enter into um yeah what's yeah. uh what's what's happening with with the world of ethereum uh um maybe we could load up an ethereum chart here but uh i think it peaked a little over four thousand, and then i saw it come all the way back down to like 1700 at one point yeah so in, in terms of you know uh bitcoin going from just over sixty thousand to just under thirty thousand. Um, seems like there's been actually a lot more uh, range on the pullback um, relatively in uh, in in Ethereum, or maybe it's exactly the same. But it seems like to me anyway, my read on it is that there's some more. Here we have a chart on the screen here. Um, yeah, there we go. Just over four thousand to under two thousand, so fifty percent drop. I think I think yeah. it's just that, uh, uh, or a little bit more than fifty percent, and uh, Bitcoin has been adhering to most of the time a little bit just over or a little bit shy of 50 percent. so there's just a slight slight bit more uh, yeah and definitely the move i mean from where it was when bitcoin rise to where the peak of it was mm -hmm. um is a little bit more compressed in a sense um but the down you know i'm looking for 
um, for me personally, kind of getting back into some of these areas here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be really interested to see it drop a little bit with Bitcoin, which is usually the trend. Most coins kind of follow each other in some degree, unless there's yeah. some breakout news or technology. Um, but I just like Ethereum. I like the uh, creator. I like the idea behind it. Um, I think that uh, the technology itself to use Ethereum in different ways, I mean, NFTs and things like that, kind of as these security um they call them applications, but like I kind of think of it as a contract in a way as yeah. well. Um, and so you don't necessarily need uh, a third party or anything like that. You just sort of create a contract and use blockchain technology for it. Um, and so Bitcoin didn't have that built into it. Um, and so I kind of I kind of like the concept. It takes it and, and uses it in a different way, but in a smart way that can be applied in many, many different areas of of many many different things so and you can see that like you said with um with uh, when art took off with with the fed balance sheet um yeah i think uh, physical I think assets NFTs are are based on Ethereum. yeah Is I, that right? I believe so yeah, yeah. I, I i'm not gonna 100 percent say that but uh, off the top of my head right right now i believe so um it was either uh they're using it as a back for it um and it's it's based off of a contract via an application um we can do a, a deep dive into Ethereum and I'll, I'll do some more research and things like that. But yeah, it's for the most part, um, like a contract that can move through steps and yeah. phases and each level of it can be validated, secured and public, uh, which is really cool. And then with NFTs, it's sort of like um, a c- certificate of authenticity. You own this, here's the NFT, here's the blockchain, here's the list of owners, and then once it transfers between people, um, it, uh, everybody can get a little bit of um, uh, kind of trickle down from that. But again, that's a contract, which is which is cool. It's cool to, to see that stuff be built off of it. So, And then there's a lot of forks of Ethereum, but the coolest part about a lot of that stuff in general too is that, I mean, they're um, they're all open source, so you can go and check it out and look at how a lot of this stuff is working. Look at the community, look at the issues, look at um, problems, the people who are in part of the project. And that was kind of something that I was looking at too, that if you're uncertain of a crypto or something like that, like most most of them are going to be open sourced and public and available. There might be some that are privatized code, um, but that kind of defeats a lot of the purpose of the original intention of this stuff. But you can go in and see uh, the people involved and how many people are working on it, um, which is kind of cool. Um, and so if you're unsure of a uh, cryptocurrency or things like that, go look at who's making it. Go look at who's uh, involved in it um, yeah. and research them a little bit if, if you want. And you can see whether or not this is a Shibu Inu coin <laughs> um, or if there's some technolo- if there's something new here, if there's some new technology. The way that I'm looking at a lot of this stuff too is the cryptocurrencies that'll move and break out of the pattern of Bitcoin's movements are the ones that present themselves as more of an opportunity, mm-hmm. more than just what's already created. Um, or very good viral marketing. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's kind of cool. I, I when if you have a moment, you can jump in and start looking at that. Um, this is their verified repo on GitHub? Um, so yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Like just how much uh, Google sleuthing can be done. Yeah. Um, these days, yeah, you know, with Ethereum and uh, and with crypto and just anything you want to know. Um, oh, there's one tab up there. So 
Uh, what was the other uh, Twitter tab? Was El Salvador? Yeah, El Salvador. I saw this today. What's we, that? Uh, uh, I believe El Salvador, you'd said in a previous episode, and as most people are aware at this point, that they have accepted Bitcoin mm-hmm. um, into their financial systems. And there, this was a tweet that went out. Uh, it's a little bit old at this point, but um, the president is pledging $30 uh, for a wallet for every citizen. Um, so that they can start, I think it's probably one of those kind of like pick up the adoption rate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like just go do it. Here's a wallet, get used to it. You'll get $30. Um, and then they'll have the technology, I mean, or a platform. I don't know if there's a platform that they're using for this. I haven't looked too much into it. So then they'll be adapted into it. Um, yeah, from what, what I've heard and I'm probably wrong on this, but from what I've heard, El Salvador's, uh, El Salvador's currency is pegged to the dollar already um but you know they would um uh, by by adopting bitcoin there's uh potentially diversification of uh of currency or um uh yeah basically currency uh in there uh for their country and i know a lot of a lot of countries around the world uh are kind of dollar hungry they need dollars and of course we're not printing out dollars for them we're we're kind of just uh, you know printing out dollars for us, and uh, I think there's there's also um, just a lot of uh, uh, you know where where those countries might want to buy bonds um, <laughs> and things like that, where you know they're competing now, you know of course with the Fed uh, that hasn't hasn't really tapered. Um, I'm not really sure how all that all that balances out because I'm not like a huge yep. huge macro guy, even though every now and then I just I chime in with some. Uh, my my like loose handling or loose understanding of it. Yeah the the main thing I learned in uh, 2020 is just don't fight the Fed. Yeah, <laughs> don't yeah. fight those guys. Um, they have more money <laughs> and yeah, an infinite yeah. number, uh, or relatively infinite. But <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's that's I guess nothing nothing new. I I learned that uh, I learned that around 2008 2009. Yep. Uh, Others learned that. Um, I remember hearing a, a story, uh, Linda Bradford Rashke story, uh, that she learned that in 1987. Oh uh, yeah, where you know there was a uh, the market had that huge, um, historic like most most percentage one day dip. I think it was like just just a hair over 20 percent dip in a okay. day. Yep, which spawned off the circuit breaker system, uh, and the you know by all. By all looks, by all accounts, it looked like that market was going to keep on going down. And um, you know, I've heard uh, from some some of the Fed insiders that that was like the first the first big moral hazard scenario where the Fed came in and the Fed said, "Hey, uh, yeah. we're going to backstop this. <laughs> we're going to we're going to come in and uh, you know we're going to take action and keep this keep this from uh, uh, from falling even further." And then after post 1987, you see it just kind of reluctantly, reluctantly like chop its way back. So that by the end of 1987, I think the the stats are that you that that from the fall point or from the the dropping point of that that uh, huge day down that black Black Friday, Black Monday, whatever it was called, um, it, uh, it it was actually positive to finish the year compared to that point. It was, it was kind of kind of strange, and then. You just see that now uh, repeated over and over where the Fed just keeps on stepping back in 
and you know with bigger and bigger <laughs> trillions and trillions trillions and trillions of dollars uh buying you know buying etfs i think was uh was yeah. what i saw last i mean it says here was black black, black monday. monday yeah yeah it also changed um on a side note uh changed the volatility curve uh for for options because mm. volatility curves were were all flat and they were all uh generated by like a mathematical formula. Yeah, is uh, are you implying the implied volatility calculations well, were were added to? It started balance? to resemble. It started to resemble more the psychology of the market. Yeah, <laughs> you know, to where uh, people have bigger fears on the fringes, um, and they think they think that the worst is going to happen. Yeah, you know, so 1987 definitely uh, changed the attitude of everyone. Um, yeah. everyone in the market and how they interacted with leverage and I think uh, I'll, I'll just have to take responsibility and apologize for that I, I was born just a few days before this <laughs> um, and so the catalyst I guess of me entering into this world there people weren't happy yeah. about um. <laughs> yeah I mean to age myself I was uh, I was seven years old at the time and uh, and even I remember this I remember oh really uh, yeah because I mean it was it, you on TV you couldn't you couldn't avoid it sure right so and you'd hear about it everywhere I mean it was a huge huge yeah. deal all the entire country was just like so it was a 20% drop it. says yeah. here yeah and then just a few days later there was another 9% drop Mm-hmm. Probably from the rebound, and then um, but yeah, we'd have to look at a chart. Bounce. But yeah, yeah, this one here. Yep. Woo. Yep. So that was uh, yeah, that was 1987. Um, and speaking of the Fed, uh, that's actually something I want to see. I want to see if we can get together, uh, you know, get together with with Jake. Maybe have him on next week and talk about the Fed. Yeah. Yeah. Cause History of uh, it. What was that? Um, that book that kind of talks about the beginning of it that was um uh Jekyll, was something like that it was, yeah like it's an island yeah we'll yeah. have to follow up on that and if anybody uh in chat knows but oh, i know i know there's probably like a hundred people in our chat room right now who are like oh i know <laughs> it's a good movie too watching the movie <laughs> yeah um but yeah I, that's um quite an interesting story and maybe w when we do have that talk we can dive into that a little bit as well um, I think it'd be interesting for people who don't know um, a little bit about that. It's always for me kind of being you know, thinking of things in relativity. You kind of assume things are the way they are because they've just been that way. But then when you go back and you understand how much has changed in yeah. the world and um, just literally everything, um, what wasn't normal um, has become normalized and vice versa. And so you kind of get... Um, you, I, I don't numb to things in some sense. You, maybe you just don't think about it, but I always find it very interesting in that regard. And so um, looking at the past and how things evolved gives you a good understanding of the place in which we are. Um, yeah, yeah. Bob B chiming in. The creature of Jekyll Island. Creature of That's Jekyll right. Island. Yeah. Formation of the, what, I guess the central bank or something the like that. The beginning of the end. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, the beginning of, well, um. Of, <laughs> from Jekyll Island. The okay. creature from Jekyll Island. Okay, thanks, yeah, Bob. Thanks, Bob B. Bob B in the house. That's one to uh, to to read. Uh, I always always hear reference um, to the Bretton Woods conference as well, which was like a big a big point. And I can't remember if that was uh, 
taking the dollar off the gold standard, or maybe that was Jekyll Island. I don't know. That'd be another good formation of the IMF. It was. It was one of the. It was a pretty big event. Yeah. Uh, in the in the world. Another good topic we could talk thing. about. Do yeah. some research. Yeah, uh, Mammy has an uh, interesting question here. Yeah. Very timely question. Mammy's talking about Andy. Uh, being amazing and Andy being a rock star and constantly um, throwing out these price uh, price levels. Uh, just to answer the question, generally, um, we have thought about getting Andy to do a class. And actually, Andy has done a mentorship in a class that um, uh, on Elliott Wave Theory. I think he said two. He's done two, yeah. And yeah. Um, um, the second one was a one-on-one mentorship that he did. And uh, the first one might have been the same. Um, I don't recall, but they were recorded. Um, and so that is something that we're very interested in. And actually, I mean, I was just this morning um, chatting with Micah about um, some projects and things like that that we can put into rotation around Andy um, and some of his awesomeness and what he does for yeah. the platform and, and the community. Um, and so hopefully we'll be reaching out to him here soon uh, just to start the discussion and talk about it again. But yeah, totally agree, Mammy. Andy is awesome. And uh, as much as we can do to help support him, to support the community of traders and um, is is a great, great idea. Thanks. And, and very timely, because like I said, yeah. we literally had a, a discussion about that this morning. Yeah, in the in the in the meantime, uh, something that I got from Andy, if um, if you ever just like go to Amazon and type in Connie Brown or Constance, Constant. Constance Brown. Yep, um, Elliott Wave Trader. You'll find, yeah, she she has several uh, several Fibonacci books, um, was was definitely an influence on Andy. Uh, Constance Brown, I believe, uh, was, uh, a, was, was, I wanna say mentored by uh, Prechter and Frost, so, a little bit of a history <laughs> around around Elliot Wave is that uh, you know the uh, Elliot himself. Um, I forget his heck. I even forget his first name. But Elliot uh, was, uh, I believe, connected with um, Union. Maybe it was like Union Fruit or something like that in South America, um, uh, and was was tracking these different oscillations in in the value um, of what they were trading down there. Uh, Ralph Nelson Elliott, um, and came up with this this whole whole theory around Elliott Wave. Um, it's just maybe an interesting way to uh, put some structure upon um, trader psychology. Um, so he put this book. It was largely dismissed. Um, purchased published a book, uh, and it was dismissed largely. Then Prechter and Frost, um, right before the eighties. Uh, picked it up and they systematized it. They they really uh, just standardized it. So so. In a similar way to uh, to go back into some history there, Charles Dow, of course, everyone um, or a lot of technical analysis uh, knows about Charles Dow and Dow theory. Uh, Charles Dow himself never really collected his works and standardized them, but someone else came along and actually collected those as well yeah. and kind of organized them and put them put them all together uh, into a more coherent coherent thing. So that was Prechter and Frost. They made it more coherent. And then if you if you read up on Constance Brown, uh, the thing that I appreciate with her is that she also kind of kept that ball rolling, just saying like, oh, hey, you know, this isn't, uh, this can be thought of in more abstract and more general terms. Um, you don't have to always go for the bottom, go for the top, look for exactly this, exactly that. 
Um, here are some more generalized ways of looking at um, of Elliott wave theory. And she goes in more into like GAN as well. And um, so these are nice because, uh, I mean, they're books. They're books, you can read them. Uh, I would say personally that um, when you do read the books, and I found this to be true of like two other Elliott Wave books that I've read. Try to try to just skip over the the parts or skim through the parts. There there are always like one or two chapters uh, uh, that get get really like spiritual. <laughs> yeah, they get really spiritual. They're saying, oh yeah, you know, like the pattern and seashells and the stars and the veins in our body and <laughs> the celestial singing of the spheres and that's what justifies Elliott wave theory and I would just toss all that out the window and yep. and point towards the uh, fractal numbers and, yeah, even, and ratios that just appear over and over again. It looks like even in the original theory as well, Elliot started getting into the collective human consciousness and behaviors. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, there might be something to that, right? Some divinity of, of sorts. He's measuring right. the God particle. But at the same time, um, yeah. I, uh, it's not that part might not be able to be for everybody you know maybe just throwing this out there as a, a fun little thought maybe they threw that in there just so that people would wouldn't would disprove it purely based off of some um, silliness <laughs> and maybe. so it was it was it was the um, the way for you to um, really you know really trust in the person yeah. i guess and then everybody else who's like oh this is you know spiritual guru garbage um, yeah, yeah. well <laughs> uh, you know he he people uh tend to also lump together elliot and uh and gan um and gan with uh spelt with two n's um was a character i mean uh this guy <laughs> this guy you can you can uh, like all great characters, you can read into his history and just be like, oh, this guy was a total sham. Or you could be like, well, this guy was a total genius. Right? <laughs> and and the, the thing that makes him such a good character is that you're not really 100% sure which is true. Uh, it's probably maybe some gray area in there, uh, but definitely had some wild ideas. Um, but you can't say, so with Elliot, you can't say, you can't dismiss the fact that uh, there are there's definitely a fractal nature to markets, sure. uh, which which Elliott Wave touches on. Yep. And with Gan, uh, you can't dismiss that there's uh, there are at times um, seasonal or cyclical uh, cyclical elements yeah. to uh, to to charts as well. Yeah, right? and then I I think if you do extrapolate on that, then there are those same elements in lots of places in nature. And so yeah. I can see how when you start looking at one, you start seeing them everywhere. And, um, you know, you open your mind to some possibilities that that could just be um, part of nature. Also, the, the interesting part of it is psychology. It could be part of just psychology, um, subconscious psychology in a way. Yeah. Um, Don here saying, uh, what's, what's Andy's cash app handle? Definitely uh, owe him some lunches. <laughs> Don, I'll, I'll give you mine and then I'll forward it to Andy for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I like that you're using Cash App since uh, Venmo now charges for uh, for their their transfers. Yeah, I I thought of even I, I 
take this with a grain of salt because it probably won't happen but i definitely thought maybe we would put a little button of their like tip you know if somebody <laughs> gave you a good trade or something like that like throw a little wall studio buck towards their way they oh, could yeah. cash it's in cash out every, for stuff every profile you just click on it and be like okay here you go it's, it's my bucks. uh my for, forever trying to make wall studio more and more into a video game that's sort of a subconscious goal of mine here yeah, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um the recordings that andy did they are available in the university i do believe there is a price tag on them um you can check them out i think it was elliot wave um there i think on his first lesson it's an interview that micah had with him um check that out also just um michael would probably have a lot more information around some of that stuff as well um reach out to support if you'd like um as i know that we do have uh mentorships that come up every now and then as well um i'm not sure the schedule on some of those but mammy seven uh check that out and reach out to support and um and uh um, inquire inquire about it yeah nice nice well with that Let's go ahead and wrap up this show. Uh, we got to cover a lot of the Bitcoin stuff. Uh, one of the things that uh, we're not really going to have time for and, and that I think of uh, more in depth that's that's happening uh, around markets and it's just like buzzing is inflation. So everyone's worried about inflation. They think it's going to go crazy. And I think that would be a good topic to, uh, to start tackling next week on the breakout show. Let's do it. Uh, we have... Uh, resident resident macro uh, macro uh, aficionado, <laughs> I should say, would be Jake Pelly. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna do everything in my power to trying to uh, try to trick him into coming on this show. <laughs> Jake's great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, to give us some of his insight on on all that stuff because uh, I have a very loose understanding of it. Um, I think I have enough of an understanding to um, ask the right questions make some really really <laughs> bad conclusions oh, okay right yeah uh in in like horrible conclusions so if you're interested in seeing that train wreck definitely <laughs> uh definitely tune in tune in next uh next week and this is an interactive show so if you're listening if you're in the community join us during the breakout show or even whenever we're not doing the breakout show you can actually load up the chat room that chat channel and then throw in some topics throw in some questions throw in some topics um we're trying to make this the only op-ed show for wall street io uh just meaning that you know all of our other shows are about strategies or about trading or about macro about uh a serious coverage of news events and then we have this this piece which is much more lighthearted, yeah full of like opinion and things like that uh and definitely are interested in uh, in what our community is thinking too right so definitely chime in there we'd love to uh love to hear from you uh until next time everyone have a great weekend yeah. and we'll see you in the next one